It is a fraud. It's the news, according to me. Good Monday morning. It's Monday morning, February 19th, 8.03 a.m. And I am your host, with a cup. I have, uh, I'm surprisingly, I'm here today. I am, I'm doing a show on a Monday morning. It's, I did not expect that this week, but here I am. But good possibility I may be doing a show tomorrow morning, but it's, uh, it's really questionable right now. I, I might be doing a show from Chicago tomorrow if I do a show from, I'm, I'm actually at my home, home head, home head, home headquarters, home network, home studio here uh, in my home this morning. Not, not at the worldwide headquarters. I was at the worldwide headquarters on Friday, which I plan to be this Friday. I should be at the worldwide headquarters this Friday as well. Uh, possibly doing a live show this week again. I've done this, had a lot of, had a lot of clips, uh, sound clips last Friday. Surprisingly, nobody, I don't think anybody saw the show last it, It's, well, nobody. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's, listenership was really down on Friday. I don't know what happened. Uh, see, this is Monday. Yeah, look, look, it's just way down. It's like, it was like half what it what normally is. I don't understand that at all. The big show, and it's, you know, maybe it's the time of day. I don't know. I don't know what's, what's going on with this. We should try an evening show. Maybe that would work better. Who knows? <clears throat> I have um, in my cup this morning, I have vanilla try with almond joy creamer in it. That was a shocker. That surprised y'all, didn't it? Almond joy. I finally, finally used up all my, well, what's wrong with my voice right now? I'm listening to myself and it's like, I, feel, I feel like I sound like I've just got up. I've been up for two hours. What is going on with that? It sounds a little rough this morning. I don't know what's going on. I did, uh, uh, didn't have a tough day yesterday. Well, I mean, it, was, it wasn't easy, but it wasn't. It certainly wasn't a tough day. Uh, don't know what's going on with my voice. I've got that raspy kind of, I just got up out of bed kind of sound. I don't know what's going on with that. Um, who knows where I'll be today? There's, there's a good possibility I could end up in... Uh, where was it? Cincinnati? I can't remember. It's it's possibility. Uh, I might end up in Chicago overnight. Uh, so tomorrow will be... Uh, it'll be an interesting morning tomorrow anyway, regardless of what, what is going to happen. Um, I'm going to try to get my... So, you know, I've been looking at these. I, I got to tell you, I just, I just happened to notice this ad come across my desk here. Um, I... I, I, there's, there's this thing called a laser welder. It's, it's, I'm into, I'm into toys like this. I'm into the, the CNC plasma cutting stuff and all this, like CNC router, CNC this and that, see all this stuff and all this fat, you know, welders, got welders out the wazoo. Um, all kinds of stuff. <clears throat> so I've got, I've got a big, I got a major man cave at my one office they, at the worldwide headquarters where I can, I got a 3d printer. I got all this stuff. Anyway, so I've got uh, this, this thing, I got this thing up my crawl right now and it's, it's, it's called a laser welder cutter. Uh, what is it called? Laser, whatever. It's a, 
it's a cleaner. It also cleans rust off of stuff. And I, it's, I've got a lot of rusty metal. I, I work with metal quite a bit. And what I'm trying to do is put together a shop. And I don't, this is, I'm investing in things for me to do in my retirement years. Now, I've, theoretically, I'll retire when I'm 65, sort of. I, I don't have any ambition at all to retire. From the current working for somebody else career thing, uh, which is partially what I do, you're always working for somebody else. It's just a matter of whether that person's a, an entity, a corporate entity of some, you know, of some kind of a business, or if you're working for the public, you know, marketing whatever service or product you, you provide. You're always working for somebody else. Even if you have your own business, you're working for somebody else. Don't, ne- don't ever think otherwise. You're, not, you're never working for yourself. Do you pay yourself? Is that where your money comes from? You just pay yourself? You've got to do something that's of value to someone else to be productive. In the process, you are working with someone else. You're working for someone else. So in that process, I just cleared my throat. I think I, uh, I, I think I fixed the problem with my voice. Anyway, the, but now I have a problem with my back. I've got this issue with my, I got a rib or something. I pulled a muscle nerve. Anyway, so I want to get this thing. It's not very cheap though. But my, my theory is I'm investing in tools and equipment that I can use to make just about anything or, and make a good living tinkering around making stuff that I want to do in my retired years. Oh, you know, owning enough equipment and tools and that way, I'm not on a quote fixed income. Here, these guys talk about being on a fixed income. I've been on a fixed income most of my life, except for when I was self-employed, where I, when I could go out and make what I you know wanted to make. But even then, it's fixed to, to a certain degree. Everybody's on a fixed income. You don't ever hear anybody say, "I want an unlimited income." I'm on an infinite income. Well, yeah, it's always infinite. It's always it's, it's always potentially you know big for whatever. I don't know why the people box themselves in like that with that that thought. That's that's statement it's just, your income is what it is you can always change it now if you're incapable of doing anything that's pretty pretty much fixed of that that situation but if you're i don't i've, I've met some people who were severely challenged and still able to make the most of what they had anyway the those are the inspiring ones. I have, um, and sometimes humiliating, humiliate, they, they humiliate me because they have far less capacity than I do and far less uh, potential than I do. And they make so much further beyond what I, just the discipline that they have and the drive and the, what I, what, it's just, it's just, it puts me to shame. Anyway, the um, onward, onward and upward, enough about that. Trump lost a uh, court case. Of course, we knew he lost the court case. He lost the court case the day that the judge decided to just charge him with a charge. The judge decided to charge him with a charge and then bring him to court to charge him. It wasn't a jury. It wasn't a, there wasn't an offended person. There wasn't anyone hurt in this court situation. They just think the man is – they're just going after the guy for whatever they can get. And, of course, the, the, the ruling was like $355 million, almost a half a billion dollars. 
Oh, just go after him. Get this. We can fund the. And the where's the money going to? The money's going to the f- people who are frauded, right? Who were pro- who who was frauded? Uh, nobody. So I guess it just goes to the government and all the people involved. And this Letitia Tishy Letitia Jackson. I'm going after Donald Trump because I am the Trump. She, she, the way she talks, she has this grandeur, this visions of grandeur voice that she has. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not an. It's not a uh, accent at all. It's just. It's a. It's a pose. It's a. It's this. I'm going. She, she talks really low like this. I'm going after Donald Trump because this is what we are going to do. Like, like she's some spiritual giant that's. He's a fraud and all this. Oh, I, I, and I'm, the next time I have a show, I'm planning on playing some of her things she said about when she was running for office. That's all she did. Just run, she kept mentioning, all I have to do is mention one name, Donald Trump. Yes, I'm going to sue him. I'm going to be the biggest, whatever. I'm going to be, we're going to sue him, all, you know, sue him all the time. Sue him up, to, up and down. He's going to know my name personally. Well, you're li- he's living in your head personally, uh, rent-free apparently. Well, now there's this thing that's happening. And of course, the whole case is a fraud. Kevin, Kevin, uh, Kevin O'Neilly, Kevin, o- whatever his name is, O'Reilly, whatever his name is, Kevin O'Neilly, Kevin, not Kevin, whatever his name is, the guy that was on Shark Tank, the bald guy. Unfortunately, he's the only guy uh, that I've had any interaction with indirectly, and I have to say, it's, supposedly he's a Christian, and I, I don't, I just don't, I sorry, I don't see this guy being, I, I he, maybe he is, I don't know, I, I don't know, I, I, but I. <sighs> The guy is not my favorite person on Shark Tank. In fact, I don't know that there is a. I don't know if we had a favorite on Shark Tank. But he he um, the only reason he's I mean he's, he's entertaining, you know it's entertaining to watch him the way he the way he talks. But he he came out in this whole case and said this is what every single real estate investor does. They all do this, so you got to arrest them all. Well, I'm not going to arrest them all because their name, their last names aren't Donald Trump. Last name, last names aren't Trump. They went after every Trump. They they they've sued. They they find the the Trump sons, the, the, the boys, Eric and uh, Donald Jr. And then also went after one of his uh, project managers. They'll find him a million bucks. I think the sons are four million apiece, and they're not allowed to do any business with any banks, banking institutions, or any businesses that are based in in New York. For the next three years. Now there's something to that. Of course, three years, of course, is that's you know most of his term. If you, this is of course it's going to be appealed and it's going to be dropped and it's going to be this whole thing probably get thrown out because this whole thing was pre-tried before under a certain case and it was it was thrown out. But so this thing was a fraud. They, they didn't. They had no jury, and they just go after the guy and just and they they had him. He was convicted before he even started day one of the trial. This whole thing was a grandstanding show. And, and Letitia has the, 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 the audacity to come out and say, justice has been served. Justice has been served. He will no longer be, the, he's a fraud, he's a fraud. You know, it's fraud. Fraud was, that's the key word, fraud. They want to use a fraud. He's not a fraud. Kevin O'Leary is this guy's name. Like he comes, so... He comes out in defense of Trump. He, he's not a Trump supporter. Not at all. He's kind of apolitical, to, to about as apolitical as you can be, but he's a left-leaning he's a left guy. He's, there's no question about it. 
if he even votes at all, it's going to be for Biden. Well, whoever's whoever's on the Democrat ticket. So, so he had he goes after this whole thing and he explains the whole thing, and and of course, that's when the nation's in an uproar right now. And of course, now there's this trucker, uh, Chicago Ray, I think is this guy's called name, and apparently he's been out there drumming up. And there's several several truckers doing this, but the the thought is, I guess this this idea is that starting today, truckers will no longer accept. Is there independent truckers? They're no longer going to take loads to New York. Not going to accept any loads to New York. I think it's just New York City or New York State. I'm not sure. I think it's New York City. Because of this whole thing. So, so they're, they're, they've got him. Uh, they're, even if just 20% of the truckers don't, don't uh, take loads to New York, they're, they're going to be in a world of hurt. Now, the one trucker made a, made a comment about how, you know, if you've ever tried to drive a truck down through New, into New York City, it, it, let me tell you, these guys, they are some skilled individuals to be able to do that. I've, even just driving a car into New York City is a challenge if you don't know where you're going. It is a, a frustrating mess. The taxi drivers don't care anything about what, what they're, you know, they're, they basically want, they want to run the show. They want to run the city. They will honk, yell at you, call you names. They will practically run you over and make it your fault. I was, I was honked at one time by a, by a taxi driver who was in my way. He was, whatever he was doing, he was taking up two lanes he started honking at me, yelling at me. There was a cop across, this, across the street going the other direction. He was out, outside of his car at the moment. <clears throat> I looked over at him. I just kind of gave him the, the, you know, the old shrug. I, I don't know what the problem is here. So he's, he's the one causing a problem and he's yelling at me. Cop just shook his head and got his car. Drove off. And this is what they have to deal with all the time. And, and just try, try to imagine yourself with a, you know, 500,000-pound or 80,000-pound, 80, 80, uh, seems like 500,000, 80,000-pound semi-trailer, 18 wheels, trying to get around in the city, let alone those guys, crazy wackos, and then deliver something there. <clears throat> Throw in all the road construction and everything else that happens there. So... It's nuts. I mean, even Chicago's kind of a mess, but it's, it's not, it's, 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 I think it's four times worse in, in New York City. So they're talking about banning or not, not taking any loads there. If they do that, it is going to make a major, even just 10%, 10 to 15% will make a major impact in the city's ability to operate. We'll, we'll see how this, this all works out for them. Now, this, this one trucker, he thinks that 95% of the truckers out there are for Trump. Now, 95% of the truckers on the, on the CB might be for Trump. I, I think it's probably closer to 80%, 75 to 80% of the truckers, which is still incredibly high. But if you want to talk about America and the people who love this country, it's typically truckers, especially independent truckers. They get it. They understand what makes this, this country run. It's It's oil. You can't, you're not going to get an electric truck out there to haul. Everything runs on rubber tires and oil. That's what's happening out here, folks, every day. 
They're all the goods we get, from China mostly, get offloaded on a boat and then trucked somewhere. The whole supply chain shortage initially was part, partially due to the, the trucker issues. What happened in Canada? And Trudeau had to come after him with national security, some kind of national security thing that he instituted. Now, that now he's in trouble for that he instituted uh, improperly to remove those trucks. So <clears throat> that's that's where things are at right now. I don't know. I don't know how long this is going. The I don't know how long it's going to last as far as you know whether it's really going to happen or not. But it, the, the momentum right now is on the side of the truckers, and they're they're actually doing something. So and, and they don't screw around. They don't. They just don't screw around. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I, just, I just heard about this yesterday over the weekend. I think it was Saturday, maybe Sunday, Sunday morning. So it's interesting to see this all unfolding now, uh, how this is all, because it's ramping up really quickly. And usually when that happens, that means it's it's catching on and it's going to happen. For you. Now, right away today, there's probably guys with loads that have to go to New York City. So they're, they're, they've already been maybe going from one side of the country to the other. They're not just going to turn around and take the load back. They're going to they're gonna keep on going, but they're not going to accept any more new loads. So the, at, at, by the end of the week, this will be in full effect. If, it, if it's happening, it'll be in full effect. So we'll see how, see how it all pans out. But. Now, in the meantime, oh, we've got things like, uh, oh, we've got a lot of other things to talk about. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a gun law right now that's just this kind of random thought. We had a, have a uh, – there's this gun law that's potentially going to go to the Supreme Court. And it has to do with New York again. This, this is um, the lawsuit that, that started off with. It was this guy who has the right to carry in his state – goes to New York and he says, I guess he got caught with a gun or he got something, he, he, what he's suing, or maybe he's just an outright suit, lawsuit saying that if I have the right to carry in my state, I have the right to carry anywhere in the country. And this whole constitutional carry thing just blows my mind. It just, why is it they're calling it, we're going to allow constitutional carry in our country, in our, in our state. Oh, isn't that the constitutional right anyway? Aren't you just admitting in your own law? That it was a constitutional right to be, oh, we're going to give constitutional life on, in, our, in our state. We're just going to have the right to life in our state. Oh, we're going we're gonna to give constitutional freedom of speech in our state. We're going to have constitutional right to bear arms in our state. Really? Oh, so you're going to agree with the Constitution now, finally. So what have you been doing up until now? Not agreeing with the Constitution is what it is. It's why do you need a, a law to acknowledge the constitutional right to begin with? Seems a little ridiculous to me. It seems a little treasonous to me, actually. But these states have been allowed to do this. Of course, I cannot with my carry permit. I come from a state that has constitutional carry. And I have a lifetime carry, concealed carry permit in the state of Indiana. But I can't go to New York City and carry my, my, my sidearm. Because, you know, that's what people do. They go, to, they go own ho land someplace. They, go to a, a, they become a resident of a state like this, and then they, they travel across the country to go rob a bank somewhere. That's what they do. Yeah, this... 
but there's just all kinds of arguments from the left on this whole gun issue thing. And I'm sorry, I just I I can I could slap down every single one of them if you present me with one of them real quickly. Now, when it gets into statistics, then yeah, you've got a whole other ball game. Larry Elder's the guy you want to talk to about that because he can just rattle them off as fast as anybody I've ever seen. But you you can't you can't argue with the statistics on this either. Now, another another thought here. There's a real interesting. Uh, I think this was actually this was on a video. I could probably play most of this. This what this guy did was he was at Harvard. I believe he's at Harvard. He put out this whole uh, report on statistics, and he actually went through the, the numbers twice with two different teams because the first team, what they determined was not what he wanted to hear. The second team uh, actually put out See where is it? What is it here? It's uh, it's all fake. That's what it's called. I'm gonna I'm gonna play part of this because um, it is really helpful. It, it gets into this whole thing where this guy's. Well, let's see if I can find it here real quick. Here he is. Okay, this guy's being interviewed, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to play this. Hopefully, now now he, he first of all he goes into this. There's two different parts of his report. One of them is the report on use of lethal, lethal force by police officers. And of course, everybody thinks it's just, it's, you know, oh, they're just killing by the thousands, killing black unarmed people by the thousands out there. That, because you look at the news, that's what you think. And after the whole George Floyd thing, everybody, you know, oh, we got to stop this. We got to go back. You know, we got to defund the police you know the police are the problem if we get rid of the police it look like the suburbs out here because they're just they're they're attacking us every day it's like a war against the police. now don't get me wrong law enforcement has changed in the last 20 years i 30 years when i was a law enforcement instructor i was a, a tactics instructor i, I was a uh, it was back in the 80s i was not a part of the force but they hired me as an independent contractor to teach uh, self-defense stuff. No, it, 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 gets, it goes back in this whole long thing. I had, I had a martial arts studio, self-defense studio, and they, they were, uh, they, I was used by the local city. And then all of a sudden the county got involved and the next thing I knew I was helping with state stuff as well. But it, it, it didn't last very long. I didn't, didn't do it for very long, about a year, uh, maybe a little over a year, I guess, a year and a half, something like that. Um, it was, it wasn't my thing. And I, and I ended up getting out of that business altogether just because it was a very difficult business to make money in back in the eighties, early eighties. So I, 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 um, I just, I got out of it. Anyway, the, um, if I'd have hung on to it and, and got into the nineties with it, I probably would have done very well because it, the nineties kind of took off with that whole, all that stuff. Uh, however, it became, it came, became more of a babysitting thing. Anyway, so, so the, I was, I was helping with this stuff. And now the whole thing about, now back then, non-lethal options were not really available for, to, to the officers like they were, are today. Tasers were very, uh, very rare. Most officers didn't carry a taser. Uh, in fact, the entire municipal area that we didn't—they didn't have tasers. I, I don't know. If, there might have been one or two officers in the county that had a taser back in the eighties. I, I don't. I can't think of any that actually. I, I don't know of any that did carry. I, I never met any that did. But I just know that I know there were a few around. They had to be specially certified for it. And the key there was that they, they weren't supposed to be using non-lethal force 
for compliance. There were other methods to get someone to comply. If you had a non-compliant person, the whole idea of non-lethal force was to stop a person without having to use lethal force who was becoming a threat. If someone was threatening you with a pencil, you didn't shoot them. You could use the taser on them or a beanbag gun or whatever it was or even a chemical spray. I think, they, I think back then they were even experimenting some precincts with chemical, chemical sprays like pepper spray, that kind of thing. You got a guy across the, the, the room from you and he's not complying. He's not putting his hands where you want him and he's not doing – you didn't just shoot the guy. You had to have tactics. You'd physically get involved with, with restraining the person and getting them to comply. Get, you know, if, if they had to be arrested, if they just – you know, whatever was going on, they had to be subdued. Now, if you don't get out of your car when they tell you to or if you don't roll your, roll your window down, there's, I can show you hours and hours of videos of cops just being bullies. And now, it, unfortunately, there's thousands and thousands of hours of every cop out there that's doing the right thing. You never, you never see that. Nobody puts those up there. Even when they're doing the right thing, they try to make it out to the cop being doing the wrong, wrong thing. But it, that's, that's beside the point. That's because it's this big deal about making cops. Now, there's, there are some, but there are some people making a good living right now Proving that the cops are over the top now. They've, they've gone way too far. And I think, I think a lot of this happened over, over COVID as well. But the last 10 years, it has gotten really bad. The, the, the idea of compliance and the cops are there. You've got to obey anything that they say. They walk up to you. You're standing on a street corner and they walk up to you and you want, want your ID. There are some states and some city municipalities where it is an ordinance and it is, it is, a, it is actually a part of their ordinance that they, you have to provide identification if they ask you for it. But of course, they're we got a call. We're investigating, we're investigating uh, suspicious behavior. Have I committed a crime? Well, we got a call. Did you observe any suspicious behavior? Well, we got a call. Somebody called. Where's, where's the person who called? Let's talk to him. Well, we got a call. We can't, we can't tell you who that person is. We got to protect them. Oh, you got to protect them. You can't protect me. You just got a call from somebody. Anonymous call. What's this? Who's this caller? Can you show me the records on this call? Now, now we're getting into legal stuff that goes to the court. And it's just, they, they just come up with all this stuff all the time. Well, your license plate's loose. I got pulled over one time. A cop comes walking up to my truck. Never, never looked at the back of my vehicle. Just walks up to my window and says, yeah, your license plate looks like, looked like it was loose. I was just, I need, I need your license and registration. It's like, is the license plate on there? He goes, he goes yeah. I, but I need your license and registration. Oh, so I, well, I'm handing out my license and registrations. So I don't need to get out and check it. No, 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 just stay, stay where you're at. He never, never walked up to my license plate and looked at it to observe whether or not it was coming off or not. One thing he did see, though, on my window, because it was the only thing on my truck that was other than any other truck or any other vehicle. I wasn't going over the speed limit. I wasn't doing anything else wrong. He was just so concerned about my license plate falling off. I had a Ron Paul for president bumper sticker on my back window. He never said anything about it, but I guarantee you that's why he pulled me over. I ended up 
asking him at the end. I said, should I, should I get out and check my license plate? Oh, no, 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 no. No, you're, you're fine. Go ahead. Oh, really? So that's what we're doing here. I think I think he really intended to get into a confrontation. There are a lot of people who were Ron Paul supporters, and I was I'm one of them. I don't I don't like to, it, it aggravates me when they walk up to your car and don't give I, I didn't violate any, anything. Just telling me my license plate looks like it was loose is not a crime. That's a courtesy. You can just say, hey, I think your license plate looks like it's loose, but, I, but now that I look at it, it's, it looks like it's okay. So I just sorry I pulled you over. You're free to go. That's what you do. That's what an officer is supposed to do. License and registration. I got to check you out. <clears throat> I'm detaining you because I'm conducting an investigation. An investigation because you're suspicious because of probable cause? No, not because of any probable cause. There was nothing. I didn't do anything wrong. I was not speeding. I didn't go through any stop signs or anything. He just decided to pull me over. I think he was hoping for a confrontation. I think he was hoping that I would escalate it. I was, you know, he asked me where I was coming from. So I was coming somebody's house. I was having a, we were having a campfire. I actually had my guitar in my back, back of my truck, and I was in the back seat, and I was, uh, we were singing songs. It's a church group. I didn't say that to him. I didn't, I didn't say that. I said, I just came from, coming from a friend's house, going home, which is more than I'd like to tell him. Uh, they, don't, they really don't even have any right to ask me that stuff. I could have said, I don't answer any questions. I could have, could have, gone, could have gone down that whole road. I don't consent to any searches. I don't, you know. Or is that just, then, then they would have brought the dogs out. And then of course, they have this fake thing where they, oh, the dog triggered. Dog triggered. Now we got to do Now we got to take apart your car now. Yeah. It's called harassment. They know exactly what they're doing when they do that stuff. But they, they do it a lot now. I guarantee you, in my county, the old sheriff who was uh, the, uh, the new sheriff is pretty good, but the old sheriff really set the standard on this. And if he found out that one of his officers were doing, was doing that to you, he'd be gone. In fact, he, uh, there was an officer that pulled over my wife and he was being kind of pushy with her. Now I never said anything to anybody, but I know that if he was being pushy with her, you have to understand how my wife drives. <clears throat> she got pulled over. She was going too fast. Cop was behind her. And uh, he starts asking her all kinds of questions. I, th I think he gave her a ticket, I believe. But that officer was not on the force for more than two years. He was gone. I think at the time that he, was, he had pulled my wife over, he was, he was there for maybe not even quite a year. And then within, within, the, within the next year, he was gone. Because the sheriff we had at that time wouldn't put up with that stuff. He didn't like officers doing that. I'm, and I'm sure he got some complaints. If, if there was anybody else, I didn't file any complaints. We didn't file any complaints. We paid the ticket and whatever. But I'm pretty sure that he probably has done that to many people. And there was another officer that on my road <clears throat> was pulling people over all the time. He, he it was cl really close to the police station. I, I actually live not too far from the police station, the county police and uh, their headquarters. And so I'm, I'm constantly going down there this, this road and there, there's always cops because they're coming and going back and forth to work and they're coming, you know, picking up their vehicles. There's just constantly, that's just an area where they kind of, you know, especially during shift change, I can tell you when the shift, shifts change in this county because there's a whole bunch of cars coming and going. And the, um, 
what's sad about this is that this one co- this one county officer loved to hang out close to the to the headquarters and pull people over in this in this one little road that it's county road that we're on. One night I was coming home. I was following my wife. She drives like a maniac. She drives fast, and so so I was I was in an Audi, a little Audi station wagon. Now she was driving a Volvo station wagon, and I all I have now is Volvo station wagons, by the way, because the Audi was too fast apparently. No, the Audi Audi had the Audi is a great car. It, it had great great uh, drivetrain, fun little car to drive, handled really well. Quad you know quad track. It, was, it did a good job. Nice little nice little car. Problem with with it was everything was falling apart on it all the time. Um, it's it's basically a glorified Volkswagen, which is now they own they own Volkswagen now. But it's it's the Audi cars in the interiors would stuff would fall apart. The air conditioner quit. Uh, it seized up. Basically, the compressor seized up. Um, and they're not cheap. And I had more issues with that car. Just little stuff breaking here and there. Electrical stuff. Just constantly something going wrong with it. Plastic interior parts breaking. And then the Volvos just aren't that way at all. I, I've got a 2007 Volvo right now that I don't – there's some things c- kind of coming apart on the, in the interior, but it's not – I mean, it's, I could easy, easily fix it. It's like some fabric coming across – there's a little fabric piece of fabric coming across on one of the sills. It's just this – but the thing, the thing has 179,000 miles on it. Now, my others have almost 300,000 miles. My, my wife's car has it's, – it's a 2015 XC70, and it's, it has uh, – it just, just turned over 200,000 miles. My 2012 XC70 has 294,000 miles on it. I had a 2001. It went over 300,000 miles. I had a 2003. went over 300,000 miles. And now we have the 07 – which has, actually is one of the lowest mileage cars I have. My, my tr- pickup truck, I have a Dodge Dakota 2004 pickup. I think I've talked about that before. It, it has about 110,000 miles on it. I've had more issues with that than I have with the Volvos. Now, I do all my own maintenance, which is, if you go to a dealer, you're, just, you're you know, it's, it's ridiculous. Anyway, get, I went way off topic here. Going back to this topic of this, this other stuff. Let's get back to this. So we're talking about this guy with this, this report. And he's, he's talking about police stuff and how the use of force. And, and, and they came out with this report that basically says the police aren't uh, haven't they, – they aren't overdoing it on, on, with regard to you – know, the, the numbers are way down. They're less than – they're in the tens. It's like I think last – was it last year there was one report of police – uh, use of lethal force against an unarmed black person. I think, I think, I think it was, it was just, there's was either 22 or 23. I can't remember which, which it was. This is 2016. Force I just realized it's not cars even playing. Let me, like let me replay this because he's not, uh, you need to hear this. It's on lethal force, so. We collected Professor of Economics, Ron, of uh, Ronald Fry. And, and it, it was in this moment in 2016 that I realized people lose their minds when they don't like the result. So what my paper showed, you'll see tomorrow, uh, like some of you, uh, was that, yes, we saw some bias in the low-level uses of force every day pushing up against cars and things like that. People tend to like Low-level use of force. But we didn't find any... Um, uh, 
racial bias in police shootings. Now, that was really surprising to me because I expected to see it. The little known fact is I had eight full-time RAs that it took to do this over nearly a year. When I found this surprising result, I hired eight fresh ones and redid it to make sure. They came up with the same exact answer and I thought it was robust and then I went to go give it and my God, all hell broke loose. It was a 104 page dense academic economics paper with a 150 page appendix, okay? It was posted for four minutes when I got my first email, this is full of shit. Doesn't make any sense. And I wrote back, how'd you read it that fast? That's amazing. You are a genius. And I had colleagues take me into to the side and say, don't publish this. This is a you black man's career. talking. Mm. I said, what are you talking about? I said, what's wrong with it? Do you believe the first part? Yes. Do you believe the second part? Well, it's the issue is they just don't fit together. We like the first one, but you should publish the, no the second one another time. I said, let me ask this. If the second part about the police shootings, this is a literal conversation. I said to them, if the second part uh, showed bias, do you think I would, should publish it then? And they said, yeah, then it would make sense. And I said, I guarantee you I'll publish it. We'll see what happens. So it was, it was you know, I, I lived under, under um, police protection for about 30 or 40 days. I had a seven-day-old daughter at the time. I remember going and shopping for it because, you know, when you have a newborn, you think you have enough diapers, you don't. So I, I was going to the grocery store to get diapers with the armed guard. It was crazy. It was really, truly crazy. Holy. So I'm just, I'm just going down. <clears throat> he goes on with the story. But it's, it's uh, because his narrative didn't fit with the Harvard clan and what, what they were talking about. He was ostracized and. vilified because his information was not what they wanted to hear. It was true information. It was a study that had taken over a year and a team of a lot of people. And then he got another team to do the same thing again and looked over the data and the same thing happened again, second year. There was no, there was no denying the facts on this one. That's all, you know, they're all about facts. Don't lie. Donald Trump just lies all the time if he opens his mouth. We can't show you his, his, his uh, victory speech because that's, that's all he does is lie. Everything that comes out of his mouth is a lie. So we can't even play his victory speech. We're going to play in the background. If he says anything noteworthy, we'll bring it up. We'll play everybody else's. We can't play his because, you know, we can, we can be actually be in trouble for, for broadcasting things that are, that are known lies. Stuff like, you know, the vaccines are going to stop the, the, the virus. Stuff, stuff like that, you know. People are incredulous. They're, they're just... So, in the meantime, Nikki Haley, let's go on with this. I, just, the, so the, whole, the whole gun issue and police force issue is not what we are being told by the, the leftists and the mainstream media and everybody else that's out there doing all their baloney stuff. 
Nikki Haley is still running. Remember who she is? She, 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 she's saying that most Americans don't want... I mean, I just can't, I can't even stand to watch this lady talk. Because she just... The way she talks says so much to me that I can't even begin to express what the... Uh, it is really... Uh, it just, it's, it's like the nails on chalkboard thing. It's just, it just drives me batty to listen to her speak. Now, now she's going, she's saying that, you know, she doesn't want Donald Trump to be president. She doesn't want Joe Biden to be president. And, and most Americans don't, uh, they think they're too old. You know, 59% of Americans think they're both too old to be president. Um, and she thinks, she knows there's, she says, there's going to be a female president. It's going to be either Kamala Harris or her. This isn't, this isn't about her. This isn't about Nikki Haley, but it's all about. Now, I just saw a sign this morning. One of, one of their campaign slogans is, is pick Nikki. It's like nit, nit, pick, nitpicky. It's, it's too close. Folks, this is not a good campaign. I don't know who, who her campaign people are, but they just blew a lot of money on posters. All I saw when I saw that sign was picky Nikki. Nitpicky, picky, Nikki, Nikki, picky. That's I just, it's just, it's too coy it's just i don't know it's just i don't like it but that's where they're going with that stuff now having said all that she's still in she's, she's in south carolina and she's doing all this stuff now i know trump went to michigan i think it was over the weekend he went, went to michigan this guy's selling shoes he's he sold <laughs> 400 tennis shoes everybody says they look good I, even people who don't like trump like the shoes i don't like the shoes I would not wear those shoes. You couldn't pay me $400 to wear those shoes across town. I don't like them. I just don't like them. I, sorry, it's just not my taste. I just don't wear those kinds of shoes. However, I can see where people would like those shoes. Now, I think he's going to, believe it or not, I think he's going to win over. Now, there are, there are the young kids who are into basketball and they're into... I can see people wearing these shoes and I could, there's probably going to be some basketball, probably some NFL people that be wearing these shoes. They sold out within hours after he introduced, this is like within hours after his court case was over, he's out selling shoes, introducing these shoes someplace. The next thing you know, he's at a get out the vote rally in Michigan. This guy's all over the place. And we haven't even ramped up into the election season yet. We haven't got the Republican convention yet. It's unbelievable stuff. I mean, just this. But, of course, Joe, Joe Biden, he's. <laughs> now, and I, I think I mentioned this last week. Um, John Stewart, much as I don't like the guy in terms of his rhetoric, his grandstanding and all the stuff he does. Says he's just a comedian. He's not a political guy. But they're bringing him in for the political season, which tells you something right there. But anyway, so he he um, he ends up coming out and saying, you know, everybody behind the scenes is saying, or you know, they're saying they're saying that behind the scenes, Joe Biden is, is sharp. He's on focus. He's on point. He's he's he's, he's, you know, he's getting the job done. He's blah blah blah. He's, he's a great guy behind the scenes. And he says, well, maybe you should film that then, because all we're seeing is TikTok going. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> America can be summed up in one word. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> what? Oh, my. I shouldn't be laughing. This is, this is not funny, folks. It really isn't. This is pathetic. And we're, we're getting this every day. 
we wonder why the country is going downhill off in the, you know, into the Netherlands. Not Netherlands. Netherlands. Well, it's Monday, and we've got a lot to go on this week. I think, I think this is going to be a very busy week with, with regard to news stuff. Um, there's some things ramping up. I want to talk a little bit about the unhinged reaction from the left and why it's important that we understand. Just step back and get some perspective on what's going on really with that whole thing. Why are their heads popping off? Why are they so concerned about this guy running for president? And we're going to get into that this week. Um, now, to, again, tomorrow, who knows if there's going to be a show or not. I really can't guarantee that there will be. I'm hoping there will be because that will mean I'm home probably. I might be in Chicago, which is a whole other, other ball game. I might, I might have a game or I might, <laughs> I might have a show, game show. So it's going to be, I'm your host, Bob Winkelstein. So the, um, there might be a show tomorrow morning. Uh, for sure, there will be one on Friday. Now, the rest of the week, I don't know. If, if I can get through tomorrow without uh, having to go anywhere, I'm doing much traveling other than Chicago. It's very possible that Wednesday and Thursday, there will be normal shows at home both days, potentially. Uh, Thursday's a little bit more difficult. Pro probably going to be in the afternoon on Thursday, but that's fine. God bless everybody. Have a great week. Have a great week.